Hi, Ann Pearson here. And before I begin today's episode, I'm excited to tell you about the Paralegal Bootcamp's new three-step roadmap to manage cases like a rock star paralegal. If you're fairly new to litigation, this quick start guide will help you figure out three things that you can be doing to help you better anticipate what the attorney needs before they have to ask for it. It'll help reduce some of those last minute scrambles, especially if you're working for an attorney who's a procrastinator or someone who doesn't always share all of the important case information with you. I put this three-step roadmap into a downloadable PDF for you, and it's completely free. You can get yours on our website at paralegal-bootcamp.com forward slash three steps. Hi there, you're listening to the Paralegals on Fire podcast show where you'll be getting tips and actionable strategies that you can use right now to fast track your paralegal career. I'm your host, Ann Pearson, former paralegal and paralegal manager who left big law in the concrete jungle to start my own company, the Paralegal Bootcamp, where we give online courses that help paralegals make more money, increase their job security, and cut out the learning curve. All right, let's jump right into today's episode. I've been getting some questions in my LinkedIn messages lately related to freelance paralegal work. And well, since I've never been a freelance paralegal or started a freelance paralegal business, I thought it would be better to get some advice from someone who is a freelance paralegal. So I asked Etta Rosa to join me today. Etta is a freelance paralegal who's been in the legal profession around 20 years and went from working full-time at law firms to opening her own company. Etta also provides advice and tips to others on her podcast show, Let's Talk Paralegal, which is also the title of a book she authored. So in today's episode, Let's Talk Freelance Paralegal. Welcome to the show, Etta. Thank you, Anne, for having me, and thank you for the invitation. As you know, I am a wonderful, big fan of yours. I even have the Paralegal Bootcamp reference in the Let's Talk Paralegal book, so an honor to finally be at the same platform with you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's really sweet. And I got the book. I saw the reference. Thank you for that. Awesome. (laughs) So I'm going to give the readers some inside scoop today on freelancing as a paralegal. But like all of our episodes, I want to give them some actionable strategies. So for the listeners out there, stick around because in addition to our discussion, towards the end, I'm going to ask Ada to give you the top three to five or six things that you should focus on first if you are planning on taking the leap into freelance work. But before we do that, Etta, for those who might be on the fence about whether or not it's a good idea for them, can you tell us a few of what you think are the biggest pros and cons of being a freelance paralegal? Maybe we'll start with the pros first. Absolutely. Um, So obviously, let's start with the cons first, because I like to give you all the negatives (laughs) and then give you the light at the tunnel. Um, So the cons are stability of money, which I think is the biggest one. A lot of people don't know when their next paycheck is going to be when they're freelancing. And it gets a little scary, a little terrifying understanding, you know, where your next money is going to come in. So here's the flip side to that. 
The flip side to that is you have to learn how to manage your money because some months you're going to have an amazing month where you're going to make more than expected. And maybe like we know in the summer, it's pretty slow for everyone because everyone's traveling. Everybody has their own thing. So understand that you have to learn how to manage your money. So when you have that money in the bank, you really, really learn how to stretch it out, really know how to compare your bills to your return on investment, how to really, really work on your pricing, which is the most important thing before you even think about going on freelancing is really, really work on your pricing, how you want to price things out. What is it really costing you to run your business? between the equipment you need to purchase, the software you need to purchase, and those monthly um, consistent bills that you're always going to have to pay, not that, not just those one-time fees. So take all that into consideration and do a balance sheet before even jumping into that. So that kind of alleviates that con of the inconsistency. There's a lot of pros though, I have to say. Um, you can manage your own calendar, work with whom, whomever you would like to work with, depending on what type of services you want to offer, and really take control of what I think later on we'll introduce of that burnout, right? Well, a lot of us are thinking about freelancing or thinking about going off on our own because we've either just had enough with the chaoticness and the endless deadlines of the industry, but understand that you can actually control your calendar, even as a full-timer so that you can start practicing for your freelance. So a lot more pros than cons. Um, you will have a lot of overhead, right? As a business owner. So you will have to learn a little bit about everything um, when it comes to running a business, because essentially that's what you are. You are, you own a business. So you are a business owner. So you have to learn a lot about marketing yourself, how to brand yourself. You have to learn a lot about the finances, what goes in, must come out, what comes out, what comes in. Um, really learn about, again, pricing and really know how to make true connections. I always laugh at this when they say about the speed network. I feel like it's like speed dating. You're never going to get anywhere with these speed network places. And it's really funny how a lot of people uh, geared to these network events really choose wisely about your network events and, and learn how to actually network yourself. That all goes into the marketing. So you have to put on a different hat when you're a business owner. You have to be a little bit about everything, what I call the CEO, chief everything officer, uh, just for a little bit until you can finally get your feet on the ground and people on the ground to work for you and with you. Um, so it's a lot of learning if you don't know anything about business. If you do, great, you're a step ahead of the game. But I don't call that a con because I'm always open to learn, right? We, we learn every day. If you're not learning, you're not growing is my motto. So it's not for me. That's not really a con for me. It was mostly a pro. I was really excited to learn new things and get new connections and really speak to other people that may not be like-minded, that may be already ahead of me, but learning from that um, was very beneficial as well. Well, along those lines for the cons, what came to my mind immediately after starting my business was, okay, so I no longer have paid time off. If I'm not working, I'm not making money. Mm. Um, although I later fixed that by having online courses available 24-7. But if you're a freelance paralegal and you're taking time off, you're not making your hourly rate wages. And how do you deal with that? Like the no health insurance, no 401k, putting away for taxes, all that can be a little bit overwhelming, I would think, starting out. 
Yeah. So starting out. So the first thing I did was um, I picked up a book on how to own a business and run a business. And in the first half, honestly, I can't remember which book it was, but if I do, I'll let you know and I'll send it to you later on. But in the first chapter, the first thing they said is get yourself a good CPA. Um, somebody that can help you with your taxes because you don't want to get in trouble with the government, right? You want to make sure that you're doing things right and and that you're safe in that aspect. Uh, another thing that I got was a counsel. So I actually have an attorney that helped me with all the legalities, contract work. He created an agreement for me so that once I do go into an agreement with a fellow attorney or anything like that, I'm covered as well as them. And everybody feels secure, confidential, you know, non-disclosure, all that good stuff is included in this agreement. So I want to say the upfront cost, although I thought it was not going to be that much in the end, really did, but it was well worth my safety and my protection. So I was already thinking about the personal liability, right? Because as a business owner, we carry on liability, legal, financial, and then personal. So those are the first things I did. I reached out to a CPA, asked all the questions I needed to ask. And I reached out to an attorney and consulted with them and they helped me set up my business so that I was protected on both aspects of the business. And this is if you want to create an LLC. In some states, you can start off on your own and just work under you as like a person. But obviously, you know, I'm not going to give that advice. I always say reach out to the experts and let them tell you what the best option for you is at that time, given your everybody, you know, it's not a one size fits all. Everybody has their own different situation. I agree. And you know, it's funny, the best advice I got when I went in and put my notice in as a paralegal manager, I worked directly for the managing partner and the CFO of the firm. And the CFO had been an accounting person at one of the big five before he was at the law firm. And, you know, I told him my business plan and he said, well, I'll tell you that what you should do is calculate, take those calculations and cut your projected revenue in half and double your expenses. And if you can still survive at the two-year mark, then you've probably got a good business plan. (laughs) Mm. And he was so right. That was the best advice I ever got. Absolutely. Yeah. I always, you know, reach out to the experts, guys. You know, I I have to tell this story because I want to humanize this conversation a little bit. It was my, I want to say my second year in the business. We just celebrated our fifth year in July. But it was about our second year in the business. And I'm literally in front of my computer, desperate, not knowing what the hell I'm doing. I'm literally trying to learn one, two codes, um, you know, coding on the website and everything. And my husband walks in on me and looks at my despair and tells me, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm learning code. And he goes, why? And I was like, because I need to figure this out on my website and I need to accept payments and I need to do all this. And you know, I'm telling him everything that I, I need to do at this point because my business was growing. And he goes, just hire somebody. Why are you spending your time on this when you can be making money and then just pay them? And I was like, oh my goodness, I never even you know thought about that. So guys, l- let me tell you, you're going to get to the point where it's going to, you're going to need the help. And, and I know that sometimes the pricing is daunting and you're like, where am I going to get this money? But really think about it this way. Think about I can be making double that while I pay them and still make my money while I don't have to figure this out. I didn't go to school for marketing. I didn't go to school for coding. I didn't go to school for accounting. I didn't go to school for X, Y, and Z. You fill in the blank. So understand that you're going to get to a point where even though you are the chief everything officer, it's okay to let go at least one little thing so that they can go ahead 
I'm telling you, I was like spending two hours on something that this team did in like two minutes. So it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, guys, it's okay. You know, just pay the 50, 100 bucks, whatever it's going to cost you. It'll save you some sanity and some time as well. Especially nowadays with what we have available through Fiverr and Upwork and, you know, finding people on LinkedIn that can do it, that are freelance people, you know, that do freelance IT work. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Um, There's also guru.com, G-U-R-U.com. There's a whole bunch of them. Fiverr, um, but I love Upwork. I'm actually personally on Upwork as well, but um, Upwork is, I guess, better quality. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what that means, but. Well, that would lead me to my next question. I hadn't thought about that. So do you recommend paralegals, if they're freelancers, to put themselves on those sites? How does that work? I assume they keep a percentage of what people pay you. Yeah. So unfortunately, on those sites, they do take a percentage of what you make. It depends on where, for at least Upwork, I can speak on Upwork. I don't really know about the other ones. But for Upwork, um, as soon as you reach a certain level, like right now I'm at a hundred percent rate, like a uh, satisfactory. So the fee is lessened because I'm at that rate. Um, so it's not that much, but you get a lot of business. You get a lot of free promotion because you're basically on a, on a Google for freelancers specifically. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you don't pay a monthly fee either. You just pay when you get paid. So depending on your situation, I think it's a, always a good option to do, especially when you're starting. Okay. Good advice. So can a freelance paralegal, and I'm not asking, you know, how much you're making, cause you've been doing this five years and obviously successful at it, but let's say somebody's starting out, can a freelance paralegal make enough money to make up for, you know, a potential full-time salary that's average, you know, for the industry, let's say for a two or three year paralegal, five-year paralegal. Um, but that also can make up for their benefits and be able to afford to have a website and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, that's a good call. It's a good question. I would say it would probably take you, depending on your situation, again, I don't know what the situation is, but depending on your situation, it would probably take anywhere from six months to a year to actually establish enough for the benefits portion of it. Because benefits take up a lot of your income. Uh, An average, depending on what type of benefits you're receiving, it's anywhere from 20% to 40% of your paycheck is how much your benefits are costing you. There are companies out there that offer for freelancers, they offer like low, low payment plans. So there, there are options out there where you can still compensate for that. But obviously... You would have to look into that in your own jurisdiction because it, it it really does differ from where you're at. So there are other options out there for you as far as getting your benefits elsewhere. But yeah, I would say in general, it would take anywhere from six months to a year. You can get your money, your salary. You can probably get that within the year, obviously, because it's going to take you a year anyway. Um, you can probably get that within your first year to get your salary. But the benefits portion, it might take you a little bit. Well, can you give us an idea on a typical work week for you. And, you know, we had talked in advance before I hit the record. So I know that you are very specific about having family time and you have a better work-life integration than most people. But so let's say you've got a new freelance paralegal going out and they might be under the wrong assumption that, well, at 40 hours a week, if I'm billing 35 or $40 an hour, I'm going to make X amount of money, not taking into account the admin hours. Is there a general rule of how many hours I bill to lawyers and law firms 
and it takes me X amount of admin hours to put in those? Yeah. So in general, I would double your current pay. Um, so let's say you make $25, I would charge 50, at least to begin, right? Because you have now you have overhead. So now you have software equipment, you're using your own ink, you know, you're paying for your own things. So they have to take that into consideration. Working 30 to 40 hours, if that's realistic for you while doing the double and the admin, I mean, you know, that's not a realistic thing for me anyway, for my current situation. I, I would never work a 40 hour week like I used to when I was from nine to five. While freelancing and only charging exactly what you made before, you're really shooting yourself in the foot. I mean, let's be honest. What you really have to control is that balance sheet. You have to really, really, really see what money is coming in, what money's going out. Understanding your finances is not only crucial to the success of your business, but it's necessary. Like you have to know how much you need to bill in order to make your bills and make more because you want a, a profitable business. You don't want to just pay your bills because for that, you could have just stayed doing what you were doing and that, you know, call it a day. So you left or you're tr- thinking of leaving for a reason. You're looking for that either that balance, you're looking for more flexibility, whatever that reason is, but understanding that you may have to charge double or sometimes triple of what you're making, depending on your expenses. And don't be afraid to charge a lot. A lot of um, business owners feel like they're charging too much. And that's just not true because you have to understand that they're no longer paying for your benefits or overtime or paid time off or your sick days or, or any of those benefits that you had before. They're only paying for your hourly rate. So you're actually saving the money at the end of the day. And let's be real. Let's be honest. If you have a great work ethic, awesome recommendation and references, they are going to pay for it. Don't be afraid. And if they say that they're not going to pay for it, that they cannot afford you, then realize that that's not your clientele and that you can find somebody that will and is willing to pay for that. Good advice. Like the the old saying goes, you get what you pay for, right? So go hire someone for less money and realize that they should have gone with you to begin with and probably eventually reach back out to you. Oh yeah. I get that all the time. Oh no, I can't afford it. You know, I do a lot of translations as well from English to Spanish and Spanish to English. And so they're like, yeah, we found this translator that'll do it for this much. I'm like, okay, great. Go with them. And then they'll come back to me like a day or two later. And they're like, no, 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 that's fine. We'll go with you. Sometimes it's just a negotiation tactic that they're trying to do. They're trying to get you for a cheaper or lower rate. And sometimes it's honestly true that they did find somebody that's at a lower rate, but don't sell yourself short just because somebody you know else is at a lower rate than you. So understand your worth and your value and understand that your work product is worth every penny. Very good advice. So along those lines, in my experience as an entrepreneur, back when I started the business in 2010, I had so many requests from law firms to come in and do consulting on paralegal profitability and then help them recruit their paralegals. And I I had the training. So it was recruiting, consulting, and education. And it was just too much. When I saw the real growth in my business, it was when I focused on a niche where I said, all right, I am going to create online courses to fast track paralegal careers. And that's what I'm going to focus on. That's when the paralegal bootcamp really took off. Do you recommend the same thing for freelance paralegals where they have a specialty? They're known as the freelance paralegal to go to if an attorney wants to go to trial or something like that. Absolutely. I mean, you can be a jack of all trades. That's fine. But when you understand your business and you understand what you're actually offering, right? Because you can't promote yourself and you can't prom- and your business is never going to grow if you don't have a mission and a vision. Uh, a lot of us, you know, just jump in head first and say, okay, let's just sink or swim. 
And unfortunately, that's not the reality. The reality is you need to come with a game plan. You need to have a business plan and you need to have a focus, a focal point, right? So my focal point, what runs my business is the paralegal consulting portion of it. I do go in and revamp and train up and onboard and do all that. That's what continues and runs my business. Now, what sustains the business in general, what gives me those other revenues is the podcast, the e-courses and all the extra little things. You can still do all of that, but you need to be known for something first and then be like, oh, I, I offer that as well. Oh, look, I have a book as well that you can offer the paralegals while you're consulting. Oh, I have, you know, these e-courses that they can purchase if you can't afford my consulting fee. So it's just, a, you're either the full package, right? You have to, like, I had this one paralegal, to be honest with you. She was a um, a wine sewer or whatever, a wine concierge. Oh, a, a sommelier. Yes, exactly. So she did that, like, for, like, a hobby or what, you know, or whatnot. And then she, you know, had her freelance paralegal. Uh, service. And then she was trying to promote them both at the same time. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what is the connection? What does the wine have to do with the paralegal services? Right? So I I told her, and this is the way I coached her. Yeah, I'm like, why don't you do like a network or a mixer with that wine, right? And then learn, teach them how to pair it with the cheese or or do whatever it is that you want to do. And then have paralegals come in, do it under like a paralegal network or, or or whatever the case may be. And that way you can combine the two some way, somehow. I know it seems like very off the wall, right? Like very opposite, but you can find synergy and you can find, you know, similarities or I guess a meeting point to those two businesses, but you can't promote them at the same time. Like that's just not going to work. You know, um, you need to actually have two separate businesses, especially if they're so far off. Um, at least the branches that we created under the Eda Rosa LLC branch, they have synergy, right? They all come together. So if you can't afford the consulting, we have other options for you. If you can't afford the sponsorship for our events, well, we have the podcast sponsorship, which is a little cheaper and still gets you exposure. So understanding your brand and really what you want to offer at the end of the day is really, really important. Um, you don't want to get stuck in the burnout stage again or the, oh my goodness, what am I going to do now? I'm so bored or whatever it is driving you to go off on your own. You don't want to be there again when you own your own business, especially because if that happens, you're not going to make money. And if you don't make money, your business is out. So really understand what you want first, which I think that that was one of my actionables, <laughs> my actionable. Um, but the why is really important. What and why you're doing it. Yeah. So, well, that's a good segue into that. Um, I mean, gosh, you've given so much advice already, but (laughs) so listeners, we've even got more for you. So as she started to allude to, Edda put together a list of a few things. If you are on the fence and you're trying to figure out, you know, well, what do I do? Like I'm I'm starting next month or I want to do this in six months to a year. And so let's talk about that. So first, what you just mentioned was figuring out what services or how you're going to offer your services. Correct. Absolutely. That's the most important. I went in when I first started my business for the first two years. All I did was offer paralegal services for X amount of hours. So I would offer my services for 10 hours a week or 15 hours a week to a particular attorney that I would, you know, that I would onboard. That was my business for the first two years, understanding that your business can grow as well. So your plan doesn't have to be the long term plan if you're trying to do speaking engagements and be on TED Talks and do all the things. Okay, that's great. That's a great long-term plan. But how are you going to get there? You have to work your way up there, right? One step at a time, the way that Martin Luther King always taught us. So 
the what and the why is really important. So what am I going to do? How am I going to offer it? And why am I doing this? Because the why is what's going to keep you in business. It's what's going to keep you motivated, ambitious, creative. I mean, you are all the things now. You no longer have the manager telling you what to do, a task list, you know, when you open up your laptop or your computer, um, phone calls to make. You no longer have that list already done for you or created some way, somehow. You are now the creator of everything. So understanding why you're doing this, how you're going to do it, and what you're going to offer, right? So there's plenty of ways that you can offer paralegal services, but the top three ways are one, just like I mentioned, you offer your services at X amount of hours a week, whether you go in physically to their office, you know, offer it virtually, obviously that's a discussion you need to make up front with the attorneys or whomever you're offering these services to. So that's the first way. The second um, way that you can do it is project-based, kind of like what Anne was mentioning earlier with the trial preparations, the discovery of their cases. That takes a lot of time and a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience. So that is a great niche to have. And it doesn't take up all your week, right? Because again, you don't want to go back to that 40-hour drowning week. You want to work X amount of hours. And those hours, you allocate yourself and you control your calendar. So that's a second way you can offer your paralegal services. And the third way is kind of where I'm at right now. So I offer it where I do it in a consulting capacity. So I train the paralegals. I teach them the skills that they need to learn. I, what I call, I upgrade the staff that makes them money. That's what I, <laughs> that's what I do. And that, you know, the attorneys love that pitch because they're like, I wasn't expecting that from your mouth, but I was like, yeah. So that's basically what I do. I upgrade them for you. And uh, there's plenty of other ways, guys. Uh, Those are just like the top three that I can think about now. And I would say after you've already figured that out and you've created your business plan and you already have like a little roadmap of what you want to do and your timeline, like Anne said, six months, a year, next month, whatever it is, once you've accomplished that portion of it, then that's where you move on to the software. What software do I need? Not want. We all want a lot of things. I want a gladiator, but that's not going to happen anytime soon. So how do I get that gladiator, right? By making more money, by establishing more business. (laughs) So, you know, you need to create a roadmap in order to get to where you need to go. So what software do you need? The first and most important software you might want to invest in. And even um, I would always say try out any software that offers you free trials first to make sure that it kind of fits your needs and you're comfortable with it. Um, So if they offer free trials for 30 days or more, great. I would go with that first. So get a billing software, somewhere where that will handle your actual money. Now, if you find a software that can handle your billing and your timesheet and all that, great. That's amazing. Go for it. That way you can really control how much you're making. It creates invoices for you, whatever it is, anything that will make your billing process to get you paid faster. That's the next step you want to do. Then how are you going to get paid? So now you have the software that will help you create how to get paid or create to get paid. Now you need to create how to get paid, right? You submitted your invoice. How are they going to pay you? Are they going to pay you through a bank account, Zelle, PayPal, Square, credit card, whatever it is, however you want to establish that, that's the next step. If you can't get paid and you don't have anywhere where that money is going to go, that's important. You need to establish that. Another suggestion that the CPA gave me was separate my accounts. So if you have a personal account, create a different account, whether it's a business account or just a separate account in general, you want to create that. You definitely want to separate your finances at this point because you want to make sure that your business is actually being profitable and it's not costing you money. The only or the best way that you can do that is by separating your accounts 
and really creating an official account. That way, you know, come tax season, where the money is going, how is it going? A lot of banks now have their own software. Um, if it's a business account, the banks have a software where it does all the like fancy charts and everything for you, which makes it a whole lot easier for the CPAs. That's the third one, I guess I would say. And then last, how are you going to get this business? Hitting up your network, right? So reaching out to fellow paralegals that you worked with prior, reaching out to attorneys, law firms, businesses, people that you've already established a relationship with of some sort in the legal industry, that is crucial. Because true connections, people that actually know your work ethics are going to be your best referral services and your best references if they're asking for references. So understanding all that is what you're going to need. It's not a one size fits all, right? So everybody immediately thinks that the website is the first thing that they need. Honestly, if you have a great social media platform that you're comfortable with, like I was telling Anne, I don't really promote any particular social media because if you're comfortable with a particular one, I know a lot of people thrive on TikTok because they love it. Um, and it's great for business. Uh, every social media platform, to be honest with you, is a successful business platform. Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, they all have their platforms for businesses in particular. They all have accounts that you can create for a business in particular. So understanding what social media platform you're most comfortable with is going to help you because not only are you already comfortable with that, but you're doing so many other things that you're not comfortable with. It's nice to hold on to something that you are familiar with and that you're comfortable with. So pick a social media platform that you are comfortable with and start literally putting yourself out there. Start recording, start creating graphics on uh, Canva. I know it's a popular one, but start creating graphics for yourself. And then once you start getting a fluctuation of emails and you know messages and all that, once you start establishing that network, then you can gear them to somewhere, which is the website, right? That's where you can say, okay, now you can create that website and now you can have that. A lot of people, for some reason, automatically just go for the website, but it might not be necessary uh, to begin with, right? So give it like a good 90 days where you can establish yourself and really create that atmosphere. And then go for the website and give them that go-to page where they can find everything there is about you. Nice. Okay. So I was taking notes when you were saying that. So I want to recap for everybody. And if you're, you want to replay this and grab a pen and paper and write these down, I'll also include them in the show notes for you. So first up, Etta said, figure out the what, how, and why you're offering your services. So what service are you offering? How are you going to offer them and why? Second, you got to figure out the software. Most importantly, your billing software. So how are you going to get paid? In other words, and then establish that separate checking account. So whether it's, even if you're not forming an LLC, right? You got to be able to receive the money. So you got to be able to build them. Then you got to be able to receive the money and then you want to figure out how you're going to get the business, which is networking and establishing a presence on at least one social media platform, the one that you're most comfortable with. So, wow, that's a good list. <laughs> Thank you, Weta. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I try to be concise and, you know, very practical, right, with my, I guess, suggestions. I don't like to call them advice because it's just my suggestions. It's just based on my, you know, opinion and my research. Some others may have other ones. And, and that's great. I'm always open to learning, again, new things. But these are just suggestions that I learned the hard way. <laughs> I did not have the business plan. I went straight for the website. You know, I did all the mm -hmm. things that I told you not to do. 
Um, so learning by experience and, and really understanding um, where you're at at that moment is is truly important. So that brings me to my final question, which was a great segue, and you didn't even know I was going to ask you this, is, is there an association or a community out there that supports freelance paralegals that you're either a member of or that you would recommend? How do you support each other? How do you get that support? Oh, man. You know, I have to say, and I don't mean to get yogi or spiritual in any way, they actually came to me. So, and I'm going to give them a shout out because they deserve it. I don't know where I would be without them, but Jacqueline Foster and Misty Sheets, also Linda McGrath, I think is her last name, but they are the ones from like Perfectly Paralegal, Aero Consultant, and Jacqueline is actually, well, she just revamped it. It's DJ something. They have been like my mentors, right? Uh, Having a mentor, a business consultant uh, is really, really important. I learned this really early on in my business. I hired a business consultant and actually I wasn't even looking for one. I went to a women's empowerment entrepreneur uh, convention local by where I live in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And I went there and I saw all these panelists on the stage and they were all wonderful, powerful women. But there was just this, there's always that one that sticks out. And I said, something just told me I need to talk to her. And I did. And I spoke to her and she just resonated with me and we just connected in a way. And ever since she's been my business consultant, I've gone to retreats that she's thrown or that she hosts and, you know, really building your own community, I think is important. Um, I, I don't recommend uh, any particular association or any like networking groups. I think you just need to build it on your own, right? Because Misty helped me out with my creativity side, even though I seem like I'm super creative because that's really all I do. Um, sometimes I run out of creativity So I reach out to other people and just have feedback, right? Because you really want that feedback before you throw out a product out there or a different service or pivot your business. Um, So really having that little network that you create on your own, people that you trust and that you know that they're not just going to take your idea and run with it. You know, that's another that has happened to actually Misty. She talks about it on her YouTube channel um, where somebody has taken her idea. But I built my own, in short, I built my own community and my own people uh, through my networking. I I met them just at a chance, really. I met some of them through uh, my podcast that they just reach out to me. I met most through LinkedIn. And then Linda in particular, I met in person because we were on the same um, college advisory board for the American Bar. So we just met through that as well. But yeah, I think just building your own and really finding those people that you can trust and count on is super important, not only for your business, but for your sanity, because you don't have a team yet. You know, you don't have that team where you can have those team meetings. Like I always say, when I'm talking to myself, I'm having a team meeting. So don't bother me (laughs) because it's true. You don't have that, you know, back and forth or or that somebody that you can actually throw your ideas at and then them honestly and brutally honest, um, tell you yes or no, or give you some feedback on that. And it gets lonely, right? I guess I can be a con as well. But yeah, I was going to add to that, that when (laughs) I um, was starting out before I had a team, I would throw ideas at my golden retriever and he would always wag his tail. So it was always a yes answer. Like, yeah, you should do that. (laughs) Absolutely. It gets lonely, especially even though you have a spouse and you have, you know, um, I'm very blessed in that aspect where my spouse is very supportive. Um, my family and friends, they're always supportive. They're always liking my posts and sharing it and just, you know, showing me off on their personal platforms. And I'm super grateful for the support that they give me day in and day out, but it's not the same, 
when you have a fellow business owner that's going through it with you, right? That understands the struggle and that really just speaks your language. So there is a difference between support systems, right? You have your emotional support system, which is your family, your friends, you know, whomever you actually rely on for emotional support. And then for that emotional business aspect, right? Because it does get lonely. It does get chaotic. And it it does get to the point where sometimes you just want to give up. And trust me, I, to this day, even in my fifth year, I'm just like, am I still doing this right? Um, Am I, you know, am I ever going to run out of ideas and then I'm going to have to shut down the business? Like, yeah, we all get there. We all have our low days. Um, I never say bad days. I just say low days where you're low on energy, low on battery. You're probably overworked and exhausted and you're not seeing the numbers you want to see in your account. We all get there. There's always, it's up and down, right? Journeys are, are mountains and rivers and, you know, there's a lot of curves and, you know, it's never, it's, it's never a straight arrow. and I always say that entrepreneurship is not for everyone, right? Um, So understanding that from the beginning is going to be very beneficial for you. I 100% agree. It's definitely not for everyone. It (laughs) It sounds glamorous to start with, but I would caution anybody who's listening thinking, oh, that would be so much fun to be my own business owner and call my own shots. There's a whole lot of other aspects to it as well, too. So, well... Edda, thank you so much for the time today. I know we went a little bit over. Um, I try to keep them at like 30 minutes, but I think everybody's going to appreciate. There was just so much information packed in here and the listeners are just going to love it. So tell them before you go, tell people where they can find you. Yeah. So remember that website that I was was trying to figure out? Um, So I finally hired somebody, upgraded it, especially I upgrade it constantly, but Anne and I were talking about that, that I had to upgrade it a little more now, but you can find me at www.edarosallc.com and that's E-D-A-R-O-S-A-L-L-C.com. Super simple. Great. All right. Well, thank you and so much success to you. I'm, I'm glad to be in your circle. Oh, thank you, Anne. It was a pleasure speaking with you. All right, everybody. Bye for now. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, hit the subscribe button in whatever platform you're listening. And please take a quick minute and leave a review of the podcast and share this episode with just one colleague or friend who you think would benefit from what we discussed today. Share the knowledge and the entire paralegal profession elevates. See you next week. Bye for now.